It's what you hearing. It's what you hearing. Listen. It's what you hearing. Listen. It's what you hearing. Listen. X go give it to you. On today's show, I've got Ian Macbeth from Avocado. Welcome to the show, Ian. Thank you for having me on, Mark. How are we doing? Yeah, no, no very good, very good, very good. Um, it's not, uh, it's probably already happened by the time this recording comes out, but uh, England are in the final. So either we're, either people are looking back going, oh, don't talk about that. It was a nightmare or, uh, or, uh, it's, or, or it's already come home, one or the other, but um Either way, that we're all excited at the moment. Um, I wanted to get you on the show because uh, anyone that's an estate agent who's on social media will have seen you guys. Um, you are pushing the boundaries forward in terms of the way that estate agency certainly markets itself in in today's world. And but I know that you come from a very traditional background of estate agency, so. Are you all right just to give uh, the listeners a bit of a background on yourself before we jump into things? Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Sort of originally left sixth form and, and ended up um, in a fitness instructing industry. Um, so working in gyms and stuff like that, I kind of followed my dad in that route. Did that for about a year and just fell into a state agency like so many estate agents often do. Um, and just, yeah, I ended up training the HR manager of an estate agent at a lunch break. And she just said, look, you would, you would make a good estate agent. And we all know different reasons why that is. Um, fell into it, started as a trainee in my kind of home village where I lived and grew up. And I just found that it was addictive and it was enjoyable. And it was something that I was telling family and friends about. It was all I was talking about. And yeah, just fell in love with it very quickly. I think a lot of people within the first year either do or they don't. And for me, I definitely did. And stayed at that same company for 16 years. Um, by the time I'd left, it was 10 branch independent, quite an aggressive local estate agent. Um, I climbed up to kind of director level, area manager level. And then in the end, I left as the uh, managing director of the sales department. So I kind of looked after all of the 10 sales officers and the marketing department as well. Um, so went through that kind of journey of, you know, 2005 and six, the boom, and then seven and eight um, as things dropped back off and then came back around sort of 14 and the most recent boom that we've had with the stamp duty holiday. So, yeah, kind of that was that was my background in agency where it changed was obviously when I left the independent and started Avocado Property, um, which was. Yeah, a year's worth of trading, 18 months. We, we kicked off six months, before, uh, six days, sorry, before the first lockdown. So we kind of launched right when COVID had hit and we were questioning ourselves, should we, shouldn't we? Um, and in the end, we said, Let, let's do it. Let's soft launch. And we soft launched and didn't list the property until the housing minister kind of reopened the market, basically. So, yeah, that's the, the sort of nutshell of the background. Awesome. Um, so for most people, uh, if they if they went through that kind of background in a state agency, uh, they would, I imagine, when they decided to start their own estate agency, look at their ten years and think, "Wow, I just do this for myself." Certainly, if they'd made, worked their way up to the position that you had, whereby you felt like you understood all the nuts and bolts of the company, and then go and go next door and try and do something exactly the same. But you've left. And then, of course, you're doing a state agency, but you've kind of 
taken all of that, torn it all up and said, no, we probably going to do it completely differently to that. Having been through something so successful, what made you decide, now I'm going to do it differently to that? I think, fortunately for me, sitting in um, the seat that I left the independent at, you can see how the staff progression goes. You can see the when you get to director level, you're effectively a recruiter and a fighter fighter you know in a state agency at any level of three officers plus you're dealing with complaints as they come in and you're dealing with staff related issues you're no longer an estate agent and when when you go through that you see the problems at that level and what was very easy to identify is that the industry is broken um, from the public's perspective and I also think from the progression route perspective for for the people in it as well um, and then when I got involved with the marketing element of things at a high level, you know, millions of pounds worth of spend, you can see I'm quite an analytical person. You know, I love an Excel sheet and a formula. And you can see in from a marketing point of view, the data doesn't lie and you can see what worked and what didn't work. Now, we can get onto the subject of leaflets and stuff like that down the line, but you can see kind of what does work properly. And what works a little bit, but it's not economic. Um, and that's where sometimes estate agents, I think, across the board, are, there's a bit of competitive FOMO with estate agents. They just sort of have to do everything. When actually, if you look at the data and you drop the opinion um, on, on what does and doesn't work, then you get a fair read. And that's why when it was an opportunity to launch my own business, I kind of looked at the rule book, realised from the public's perspective there was... Um, a break in the market for, for the respect that the industry has. And the rule book was very simple for this business. This is what state agents do now. Let's kind of do the opposite. Um, and I spent a lot of time with uh, marketing professionals, business owners outside of the industry, just nothing to do with agency um, and just got their take and their view on it and their feedback and um, did some market research, you know, spoke to local mums that have just moved home and sort of got their perspective on things and, spent a lot of time just hearing out the public and hearing out professionals in marketing from a different perspective, not a state agency perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how this sort of love child of avocado unfolded, really. We went as, as extreme as saying, no more navy suits, let's wear pink hoodies, which was a statement of intent, really, to say, this is how different we're actually going to go. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, that, that whole conversation there about uh, leaflets, letters, all of that sort of stuff, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an ongoing one that happens in a state agency. You, I've seen you having conversations with people about it on social. I'm sure you've seen me having conversations with people about it on social. And I, and I think what's really uh, good from my perspective is uh, to be sitting talking to somebody that's been managing director of a, a 10 branch state agency and, like you say, looked at the data. Uh, so it's not this isn't opinion this isn't just opinion based because my stance on it and the argument that I always find myself getting into with people and maybe you can put shed some light on it from from your experience is people say to me yeah but Mark leaflets and letters do work and I end up saying I'm not saying they don't work I'm saying they're not worth it the cost isn't worth it for the return yeah um, would you would you agree with that or you know how does it what have you seen from your perspective? Yeah, 100%. I think this is where so many people go black and white on it. It's either yes or no. And there might be close to 100 different ways to generate business in a state agency. And no 
business can operate trying to do all 100 ways because it's just not financially viable. Um, so the habit is to go with the old school ways, the traditional ways that we've been taught and bred and, and sort of this is what works from the person that trained me. So that, that, that's what the logic says habitually. But if you look at the hundreds, let's just say 100, you've got the top 10% that are the best performing, most economical ways to market. Um, and then you've got the bottom 10%. Now, the bottom 10%, they still get you a result. It's just a bloody expensive way of doing it. And it might not be the best way to get the long term result. And that's where estate agents sometimes fall into that trap, in, in my view. And there's also an element of the transactional volume for each client. Are you looking at what valuation is in your diary next week? And what's the quickest way to get a vow in? Or are you looking at what's the best way to get out in the living room without competition? So there's a different way of marketing. Do you want to go in a valuation with five agents you're up against? Or do you want to go in a valuation where you're up against no one? It's not a valuation where you're looking to do a sales pitch. You're giving them consultation and you're agreeing exactly what their goal is. And you're not even discussing fee. They just signed the contract because they've already bought into the concept. And for me in marketing, there's two different ways of going at it. And the traditional model is... The, you know, the, the first rather than the latter. And, and that's where I'm so passionate about it in, in the debate, really. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point. Um, are you looking to just get called in on a house tomorrow with five other estate agents or are you looking to get an instruction whereby they don't call in any other estate agents? It's a, it's a brilliant point um, because, yeah, of course, if you're struggling for listings, um, running a Facebook ad as a one-off thing it's probably not going to do the same amount as if you went and knocked on a hundred different doors of different estate agents boards, but that's not an ongoing uh, solution to your problem, is it? You're going to have the same problem next week and the week after and the week after that. And, and, and basically agents have had that problem for the last 30 years. They go month to month, month to month. and Nobody's thinking, actually, if we started thinking a little bit further down the line, you know, maybe at some point we could stop this process of going <laughs> month to month, month to month and dropping our pants down on feet. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting development. Do you see, um, you know, you said that you guys have been going now for what, just around coming up to 18 months, I guess, um, yeah. just under. So if, if I guess someone's argument would be, okay, but it's all very well planting those seeds for the future. And, and no doubt you're starting to see the results of some of those seeds. But what happened in the short term? You know, did you, when you first started, did you find yourself getting involved in just trying to get some stock on the market in the, in the traditional way and then slowly migrated over to a more sort of um, holistic marketing view? Or did you, did you not get involved in any of that? No, never, you know, never knocked on a door. Um, never sent a leaflet through the door. Um, it's just not the way that we wanted to drive the business from the outset. And everything really that, that our marketing has come from is either um, business to business networking through social media, you know, going out and identifying the top 10 most active local businesses on Facebook, interviewing them, doing a video for them, creating it for them, having a chat with them, offering them something to which we post on ours and they pass, post on theirs and you share an audience effectively. And, and that brings in traffic, you know, that, that direction you're doing right by the community and, and it helps you to grow your own um, audience. 
Um, so from that outset to, you know, straight to the point marketing on Facebook. And I think with social media, it just gets put in this bucket of social media with estate agents where actually there's a whole strategy and science behind social media from, from paid to not paid to groups to organic to even on Instagram, you could identify Instagram's seven different channels effectively. Um, and I always explain it to each partner that comes on board with social media, you've got two ways and it's the same as trying to get from one side of London to the next. You can either walk it, it'll take you a long time, but it's free or you can get on a train and it's more expensive, but you get there a hell of a lot quicker. And you just got to make a decision on which one you want to go with. And if you want to do, you know, both in social media, fine. But we paid extra through Facebook Business Manager and Instagram and ways like that to build the traction quicker. Um, but we weren't asking for business. We were offering value. We were offering updates on what had gone on in the pandemic, what the law society was saying through solicitors and mortgage. So we were giving them something. Our, our Facebook page is is a very minimal amount of properties actually on there. It's, it's more advisory and chats and live videos and just general contact marketing, really. Um, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, really different. Yeah. I, I always um, kind of have a little chuckle inside, really, when I see a lot of people saying, like, you know, you can, you can reach hundreds of thousands of people without paying for it. And I think to myself, you know, Mark Zuckerberg didn't build the platform and didn't buy Instagram for whatever it was, you know, 20 billion and, and all of these different things to not make any money out of it. Like, you know, yes, of course you can. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it, it, the analogy that you gave is, is spot on. It's, it's free because as, you know, many people have said in the past, you are the product. So they need people to be on the platform. So it's free. Yeah, it's free for me to share my content with my friends and my mum and my brother and people that I know abroad and, and we all stay in contact. But of course, it's a business. And the business is, if you're a business and you want to reach these people, pay. <laughs> and if they made it incredibly easy for people to do that without paying, they wouldn't have a business and there would be no platform. So no point trying to get around it. That's the idea of the platform. You go there and you pay. Just the other day when I was watching the semi-final England game, it got to the it was on ITV, so it had the ads in the in the middle of it at halftime. And I thought to myself, I'd love to know now how much how Facebook's traffic just went when the halftime whistle blew. You know, because companies are paying whatever it is, booming, uh, sorry, not booming, a uh, booking.com uh, uh, a sponsor in the Euros, and God knows what they're paying for it. And I bet everybody just hit Facebook. <laughs> you know, um, so. Um, okay, so an agent listening to this, and, and maybe they're they're in the boat of they've had they've they've got their estate agency. Um, they also fell into estate agency once upon a time, like the rest of us did. Uh, they followed the traditional routes of um, knocking on doors, sending leaflets, and all of that. They've got the FOMO that you mentioned. Uh, someone's doing it, so we all better do it. Um, They, they, they know that social media and Instagram and all that is, is probably the way forward, but don't really know what they're supposed to be doing with it. And, you know, listening to people like yourself or myself, maybe sometimes could even scare them off of it when you say Instagram itself has got seven different ways. What would you say their overriding factor is? Because it's not really about um, how do I magically use social media to generate business. It really 
comes down to something simpler than that, doesn't it? And you mentioned it there about actually giving someone some sort of value. Um, so when you're looking at your marketing strategy, um, when you were doing it at the corporate that you used to work for, it was all about how do we get instructions. At Avocado, are you looking at it more from the point of view of uh, what would be useful to our audience? We're looking at it from the point of view of what, what's going to get the best brand trust, what's going to get the brand trusted. Because if we're identified locally as the brand, the go-to brand that people trust, that's recommended, um, then everything else is is done you fall backwards from there it's then you you lose it yourself based on the individual whereas most agents want the uphill battle um of you know figures 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 kpis numbers make 50 calls book 10 viewings book free valuations in go door knock you know 16 houses that have been on the market for longer than 10 weeks and that's not building brand trust it's knee jerk in, in instant business um so for ours it's the other way around is the value in the content is touch points you know that i'm sure you speak about all the time touch points for them to go from that is just a logo to that is a person that we would trust and whenever we're ready we'll use them and that's the messages we get we get all the time proactive messages from from people in instagram or facebook that go just as an fyi love what you guys are doing going against the grain not looking to sell but when we do we'll be in contact and there's no need for them to send that other than they're getting value from what we're doing um so i think that's the thing for me with estate agents is it's a very big shift you either go i'm all in or you're not and i don't think yeah. that estate agents will all change because some of them have built a business on being aggressive sales departments you know factories as such um but i think it won't impact the industry in the way that i want it to until the dominant force is the people that are based around brands and they're not based around numbers um because i'm very much of the view i'd rather have 10 boards up signed up at two percent with good quality clients that you know i'm working with than 25 boards signed up at one percent and if I spoke to someone around the corner in a high street office, they probably wouldn't get that logic because um, even the economics don't stack up. You'd still look at there's more potential value there and you've got 25 boards. But for me, it's about time, quality and reputation. And I think most agents look at the transactional volume of each client as one. And in America or Australia, it's clients for life. You know, it's an estate agent for life. And it's yeah. not a one transaction. There's this future that comes from it, but not just for the individual. Are they going out and proactively recommending your brand because of the brand trust, because of the way you market yourself? And if the answer is yes, then you've got super fans going out there doing the job for you. So the more of those you can create, the better. Yeah. yeah. And I think also, you know, estate agency, not, you know, not just estate agency, most businesses don't really think too much about what is your capacity to delight your customers you know at what point have you got too many customers to be able to maintain the delight whatever it is that you've decided the delight is going to be in that experience you know so i was chatting to an agent the other day and he had a couple of his staff with him one was a really young guy who said oh, it's really tough in our area you know fees are, people charge really cheap fees um, you know, it's not easy to get stuff on the market unless you, you know, do it really cheap. And I was like, well, just don't take it on the market. And he was like, <laughs> uh, well, you know, 
you can't do that. And I said, why? He was like, well, better to have it than not have it. And I was like, no, it isn't. <laughs> why would it be better to have a property on the market that you're going to lose money on? And the guy's probably, guy or girl, is probably going to be a bit of an arsehole because they're already being an arsehole to you. Um, then to let your competitor have a property that they're going to lose money on and deal with an arsehole. Why, why would that possibly be better? And like you say, well, you know, they're going to get the stock, they're going to get the boards. It's such an out-of-date way of thinking about it because all you're really talking about there is, okay, so what you're saying is you want a bit more brand awareness. There's much better ways of getting brand awareness than dealing with somebody for 500 quid and, like, you know, having to work with them for the next six months and eventually they take it off the market and call you an arsehole and leave a crap review. There's a whole better way of getting brand awareness than that. So it's such a backwards way of thinking about it. <clears throat> to see a company do what you're doing, I really find it quite inspiring. And I think a lot of agents should find it inspiring because, you know, you're categorically saying, you know, I, I deal with agents all the time that look at something like Lifecycle and, or look at the content that we put out of the, for agents and say, that's brilliant in the long term, but what should I do in the short term? And to talk to you and you say, no, we don't, we never knocked it, we never knocked the door, we never dropped a leaflet or touted someone else's property with a letter, and everything was fine. It's not just long term, it's no, this is how people communicate now. Why, if I was putting out good content, would I not immediately find people that are like, oh, these people look good? I think I might call them. And um, so to hear that it does actually work is is awesome. Um, from a company perspective, well, I, I, one thing I'm interested to know from a company perspective is, as you mentioned there, most estate agents are based around the targets that are on the whiteboard. Uh, hit those viewing targets and sales targets and you get to keep your job, don't hit them and you get fired. And because of that, the staff are not particularly interested in anything else. They just want to find the very quickest way of hitting those targets. For a company like yours, um, other things are important because you're looking at a more uh, long-term view. So those, all those people, for instance, that have said, just for your information, we'll use you in the future, we're not ready now, they're all going to go into your system. You know, they're all going to get retargeted. They're all going to get nurtured. They're, you know, you're going to work on people on a long-term basis. And so it's important for you that your staff are putting the right information into systems for the other type of estate agent, you've got staff that are not interested in putting data in the system because I, I just want to take this guy out on a viewing because I've got to do 11 viewings in the next week, otherwise I'm going to lose my job. So how do you find the balance of making sure that the team know we have to hit our targets, otherwise we all don't have a job anymore. But at the same time, you know, don't feel like you're going to get fired if you don't. We're trying to build something bigger. How does that work in terms of a culture at your company? I felt the only way that we truly fix the industry was from offering, in my view, uh, business owner to client relationships, because I think the business owner cares the most about their business. So our model is no one's employed other than our office manager. Um, the agents are self-employed, limited businesses. So, you know, the, the self-employed model, if you like. Um, where I felt that we had to make sure we did that part of it correct is the only way I could have scalability where each client through avocado property would get the same level of um, service and conversations that they would get with me 
on a scalable level is to have other experienced business owners. And, you know, we don't, I never want to teach anyone a state agency again. I have no interest in that at this stage. That might change five, 10 years down the line, but as it stands right now, I have no interest in that. Um, so we only bring people on with the best part of a decade's worth of experience. Um, we probably say one out of four people I meet will say yes to, we say no to more people we say yes to. And the reason behind that is just purely the client purely the client it's nothing else to do with other than the, the public to have the right experience um, and the cultural part of that means that the public just gets that passion that enthusiasm and I also think a state agency you were talking about sales targets there it, it's it's an industry which is um is named incorrectly by estate agents most estate agents if you spoke to them they'd say I work in the sales industry no, you bloody don't. You don't work in the sales industry. That's where we've got it wrong from the beginning is those targets and that sales sort of culture. We really, we work in marketing and consultancy. Our job is to market clients' properties on their behalf and consult them through the transaction using our experience. It doesn't sound as sexy, but that's effectively what we are. And I think that's, again, if we move away from training around how to negotiate or value a you know value a property using this template and this method the valuer should be the least important person in the business because they're not the first touch point that should just be a doddle you should walk in there tell them what the house is worth ask them what questions they need answers to and then give them the strategy behind marketing but we're not we're going in the living room to sell and compete and that's because people in my opinion in agency they want a hundred percent of the market and you can't have 100% of the market. You can't be vanilla in your approach. We want to talk to 60% of the market. We're not fussed about the 20 either side, the cheap people or the people that don't get what we're doing because we have a demographic of different people that we're looking to talk to. And we're happy with that because there's enough to go around, but that means we can be controversial. If our posts and our, um, our campaigns and not getting a few spammy negative comments, then we're not really doing it properly because we don't want to talk to everyone. We want to talk to those specifics. Um, and that's for me, you know, goes back to, are we sales? No, we're not. We're marketing and consultancy. And, and that's a big part of why the culture of the industry is, is probably not quite right for the public. Yeah, I know. I couldn't agree more. I was having a similar conversation uh, with our CTO the other day, we were looking at the software and we were just saying, is it crazy that, like you say, the state industry is essentially all marketing. You do marketing to try and get listings and then you go on a, a valuation. Okay, maybe you could say there's a bit of a pitch involved on the valuation, but you're really talking to people about how you're going to do marketing for them. Then you get the property and you do marketing. Um, and then there's a bit of administration through the sales progression side of things. But the systems that most estate agents use don't do any marketing, <laughs> so it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but um, okay, so what would happen then if because you've got a would you call it a franchise model or would you call it something different? Your, uh, your the template is. I mean, we call it a business network, but the template is a little bit like a franchise. It's a license model, effectively. You know, the guys sign the license to use the tools, the software in a geographic remit but they're not ring fenced to that area they can list a property wherever it's once it's their client it's their client okay so what would happen then if um someone came along uh, to work under your brand and either 
declared it to you up front or or didn't declare it to you up front, but but one way or the other, you found that they were working a different way. Would you care that they were working a different way, that they were knocking doors and sending letters and doing leaflets, or would you just let them get on with it? Or how does that how does that work in terms of a culture of the company? So, yeah, the cultural element is really important. So part of that onboarding process comes from me directly from the outset, and it's very, very clear the things that we don't do. Um, it's also very clear the things that we do do. And they're just the two bits, top and bottom, not loads, but you know, 10% we do, have to do, 10% we don't. The bit in the middle is entirely up to them. I'm a different estate agent to my business partner, Mike, and you know, a lot of the estate agents are polar opposites in their personality because once you're working in a community, in a marketplace, you can't be fake. If you're going on video and you're doing selfies and you're doing Instagram reels and you're doing live videos, you can't be a, a copy of Mark Burgess or Ian Macbeth. You have to be yourself. That's where the trust comes in. So there is brand rules around you can't do X, Y, and Z. I mean, I've got a sign right here in my office that says no leaflets. So, you know, and no suits and ties. <laughs> so, you know, they're things that you can't do. Um, but then everything else in the middle, the 80% is all about that individual, is all the duo. Um, it's all about their relationship with the client and the best version of themselves that they can possibly be as an estate agent, as a person. Um, that's how we keep the cultural part of it. Well, there's a lot of trust, I guess, with the partners that we always call it the Avocado Marine Corps because you're only as strong as the person next to you. And that's the way we look at it with estate agents. It's not, again, it's not transactional. It's not volume. It's not shouting about how many because it's about quality. It's about the clients getting quality. One bad agent in the neighbouring town kills your own business. And that's not fair for the for the guys and the girls so um yeah there's a strict qualification process on on the personality one of the first things they can read on the website is no assholes um so yeah we keep it, we keep it i think that's that. i think that's 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 probably a pretty general rule for most companies but not everybody follows it <laughs> no absolutely not um so all right that's that's really that's really useful it's a it's a it's great to hear an, that an agent can be successful working the way that you are so as a, as a final thing then, if there's an agent, if there's an agent out there um, who either they own the business or they're working in a business and they also sort of think to themselves, this isn't right. The way that we're working isn't right. We should be doing it differently. Um, what would your what would your advice be to them? Can you know to 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 maybe encourage them to know that there is a different way? I think the best thing they can do, they've already started to identify it. They have to move away from talking to other estate agents and other people in the industry um, because we're in this fake little bubble of, like I say, competitive FOMO. And if they're an owner of a business, they have to step away from the estate agency, go and look at some of the other successful brands out there and how they work that are B2C, not B2B. Um, a common problem I have when I'm debating leaflets is people use analogies on B2B and it's very evident they don't understand marketing. So talk to successful B2C brands and talk to specialists in the marketing world and just see from their perspective and don't have an opinion on it. Open book. Estate agents got very strong opinions. Um, so just step away, which is what I did. Step away, talk to other people, talk to the public, you know, talk to talk to the public and then identify what your brand personality is going to be. What do you want people to trust you for? Um, it's like going to a restaurant and having the world's biggest menu. It's never going to be a successful restaurant. You have to just be a specialist somewhere. And 
if we're all specialists in, in, in a dominant fashion as an industry, the industry will be fine. Um, it's where we're all trying to be vanilla is where we've now got to this point of, of an issue, basically. Um, so I'd say yeah, step no, out, step out. Brilliant. I mean, uh, as someone once said to me, the worst place you could be is standing bang in the middle of the road. <laughs> Definitely yeah. on one side or the other. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, that's awesome. Um, thanks very much for your time today, uh, Ian. If anybody out there thinks to themselves, I need to talk to this guy about something, what's the best way for somebody to um, to reach out to you? Anyone can reach out to me on Facebook, my mobile, I put on LinkedIn as well, personally. Um, so Ian Macbeth on LinkedIn, Ian Macbeth on Facebook, or just jump on, type into the search engine of uh, Facebook, Avocado Property, you'll either see my estate agency or one of the partners estate agency and you can get in contact that way and then just look out for pink and you'll, you'll see it somewhere. Awesome. You're in the estate and CX group as well. I don't think so. People can find you in there, but um, that's brilliant. Thanks very much for your time today. and really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Fuck what you heard. It's what you hearing. It's what you hearing. Listen. It's what you hearing. Listen. It's what you hearing. Listen.